0: Temperature rising,
1: vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury.
2: There's December football. And then there is December 25th football. Yes, the franchise with the same team colors as Team Santa. Red, white, and black is gifting everyone a Christmas night home game. And that is regardless of whether you've been naughty or nice. And Wolf, you know which category you fit into. And I think you know as well, Paul. In addition to fitting into the Santa suit. And we all know that the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Load my sleigh,
2: Paul. Any holiday season is a playoff berth. And that, that would be the big big present that you always save to unwrap last a playoff spot 2021 that's how the season keeps going it is the big red rage not only ron wolfley yours truly paul calvisi christian kirk there's a gift here as we track into the holiday (laughs) weekend how about that can't wait to chop it up with the cardinals star wide receiver yeah
0: no doubt paulie and you know back when i played paul and i hate saying that you know i hate saying that back when i played paulie yet at the same time i will tell you that there was an old axiom in the game of football and the nfl at least and that axiom it was like you won games in november to make a run in december that was the big saying right there Polly. it seems now playing two games in january you might have to say you win games in december to make a run in january and that really is what this game is about coming up man this is a huge huge game i think For the arizona cardinals coming up against the colts on christmas day
2: and if you want to talk about history wolf and feelings the the vibe right now at least a lot of questions from a lot of media members are is everyone witnessing the ghost of christmas past as in last year as in the 6 and 3 yeah. start, then losing five of your last seven. We know how this year has gone. A 7 and 0 start atop all the power poles, 10 and 2. You're back atop all the power poles. And now, all of a sudden, you're in the midst of losing four of your last seven, two in a row. And Kyler Murray, hey, look, we, he was asked, okay, does this feel like 2020, the end of last season, all over again?
3: No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Again, you know, I. Still, ten and four. Uh, still, first place individual. Like, I mean, this isn't. This isn't. Uh, you know, nowhere near what we were last year. Then um, we're not going to allow it to be.
2: That was after the loss in Detroit, a lackluster loss. And yeah. look, there are just some games. Well, there are some losses where you're at a loss to explain the loss so what would what have you processed about what we witnessed in Motown?
0: yeah you know paulie i've been going back and forth and honestly thinking about this on a regular basis it haunts my waking moments let's put it that way listen they've they've lost two games in a row it's the first time that's happened all season long of course they've lost three games at home consecutively they're three and four in their last seven i i, I honestly think This is a team that is in trouble right now. But you know what, Paulie? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. This is the beautiful thing about it. The great thing is being a player right now inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room because you don't care what anybody says. They have no control over what is going to happen. You, on the other hand, being a player inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room, you have control as to what is going to happen on Christmas Day against the Indianapolis Colts. I don't, I don't know they're in trouble yet, Paul. I'm not willing to say that. I think this could be a team in trouble if, in fact, they don't win on Christmas Day.
2: So your thought process is that it goes beyond just effort and energy, the intensity, as Kyler said, no juice in Detroit, because that's imminently correctable. You're saying there might be – bigger issues and i bring that up at least that's my presumption because carson palmer and drew stanton were on the pash pod and it was it's 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 a must listen okay you got to check it out it really is and i mean there's a lot of great football there's a lot of great hijinks and just the anecdotes and the stories and those are two of the funniest guys you'll ever find in any locker room it's great stuff okay but but when it came to the subject of quarterbacks, and Kyler in particular, and the Arizona Cardinals as they stand right now without DeAndre Hopkins, their only certified legit number one receiver, right? And what that means for the offense, well, here's Carson Palmer on the patch pot.
4: There's a guy in that huddle that can, that can just flat out win a game. And when you take DeAndre, that guy, out of that huddle, it changes the dynamics of the huddle. And I, I just really look to see what kind of leader Kyler is going forward because now it's really all on him. Now it's on Kyler. Can Kyler lead this team? Can he find a way to overcome some some adversity that they're going to have to overcome again? They're going to be down multiple scores again like they were last week in Detroit. Can they overcome it? Um, I absolutely think Tyler's capable of doing it. Um, I absolutely think Kyler has the ability and the the, the God-given Athleticism, the arm talent, all of that. He's got it all. Now he needs to prove it.
2: And when I hear that, yeah. I instantly think of Tom Brady, who just lost Chris Godwin, for example. I think of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And I bring those two guys up because those are the other two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the NFC. I think of an Aaron Rodgers coming in on that on that Thursday night game against the Cardinals minus his top three receivers and finding a way to win taking that team so I uh, it's is that the way you translate what Carson is saying there that that Kyler is going to have to be the biggest reason the Cardinals get wins just even more so than ever before
0: yeah no doubt about it Paulie I mean this is what a franchise quarterback does and Kyler Murray understands this he knows this and hopefully he's willing to embrace it I don't see him shying away from the responsibility and I I know that inside that locker room his teammates understand that he's not going to shy away from the that responsibility, Paulie. This is what a franchise quarterback does. Is is it fair? No, <laughs> it is not fair, Paulie. Yet at the same time, this is why they get paid the money that they do. Not only are they the human being that does something with the ball on every snap, every offensive snap, a quarterback actually does something with the football. Unless you're in the shotgun with James Conner, <laughs> you're running something. The Wildcat, Paul there okay but this is why you impact your teammates more so than any other position any other position on the team it is the reason why you get paid what you do to be a true franchise quarterback you've got to lead on the field off the field on the sideline off the field you've got to do it all constantly be the answer man on and off the field Paul
2: I wonder to what degree this offense Has to evolve as well, though. And I bring that up for two reasons. There was a moment during a Chase Edmonds press conference this week where he said to the media, and it's sort of like he, it was sort of like it was a pre planned talking point by Chase Incorporated, right? He made a point to tell the media that he's number one in yards per carry, and James Conner is number two in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. As in, you know what? You've got a dynamic duo of running backs. Let's use them. Yeah. And and I also bring it up because you look at Sean McVay and what he did recently with that Rams offense, and we've talked about that. They lost Robert Woods. They tried to run the same three and four wide receipts sets all the time, the highest percentage of any offense in the NFL. It didn't work. They lost three in a row. And then Sean McVay went back to the Todd Gurley days, put Sony Michelle, and they started running the ball, much more balanced offense, and boom, you see the difference. And I'm wondering if the Cardinals have to consider something like that.
0: Yeah, I know, Paulie. You know, once again, though, it's a situation where this is, remember we were talking about Max Williams and the kind of balance yeah. that Max Williams yep. really brought in rundown situations. Is he the tight end that Zach Ertz is? No way. He's not. And Max Williams would respectfully be the first guy, I think, that would tell you that. But he, he was so good in terms of blocking at the point of attack, a lot of times you'll see an offense now where Zach Ertz is actually flexed out into the slot and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all because that is a good option for Kyler Murray right there. But in terms of, of giving a balanced approach out of 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, and three wide receivers, it's it doesn't bring the kind of balance you would like to see to this offense. And I really do believe, Paulie, going forward, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to write the ship here this Saturday on Christmas Day, they're going to have to run the
2: ball well speaking of zach ertz uh, you know one of his comments after the loss in motown really resonated he said and i quote we can't let this thing spiral momentum is real in the nfl good and bad and and to me and we'll ask christian kirk next i think just the fact you're on national tv in front of a captive audience on christmas night is going to guarantee the energy. We'll see. It's the Day Pash Podcast. A reminder again, episode 21 with former Cardinals QBs Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton, wherever you get your podcasts. And you get the latest updates via Twitter at Pash Pod. Christian Kirk is next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
1: Great drop back, and throws a fade deep right side over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Snap to Murray, drops back to throw, fires right side of the end zone, back shoulder, Kirk adjusts beautifully, and pulls it in for the touchdown. Drops back to throw, now flushed out of the pocket, rolls right, throws right, caught in the end zone, it's a touchdown, and it's Christian Kirk. Floats it middle of the field, got a man it's caught by Kirk. Throws deep left side, and a sliding catch is made by Christian Kirk the 20-yard line, launches it up in the air. Christian Kirk is there! He's got it to 10, and down to the five! Murray takes the shotgun snap, straight drop back, steps up, moves to his left, throws left into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown! What a throw to Christian Kirk for six!
2: It's been a top five scoring offense all season long, and one of the top reasons why is our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, someone who is closing in Wolf on career highs in touchdown catches and receptions and a guy who was referred to repeatedly last week by our guest Kelvin Beecham. He kept kept saying Captain Kirk. And, and I'm, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, boom, here we are with Christian Kirk. And, Christian, good evening, uh, and, and we'll get into everything. But how often, or is it only Kelvin Beecham who calls you Captain Kirk?
4: <laughs> uh, you know, I get it around the building uh, from time to time. Obviously, with the uh, Star Trek reference, and I've gotten it uh, growing up, too. So there's only a select few people uh, that call me and uh, Kelvin being one of them.
0: Uh, Christian, are you a are you a Star Trek fan or Star Wars fan? Uh,
4: I'm more of a Star Wars fan. Um, but for those who are Star Trek fans, uh, they're more likely the people to call me Captain Kirk.
2: (laughs) You've never had a Star Wars conversation with your head coach, have you? Because earlier this year, uh, Kyler said he really wasn't familiar with Yoda and the whole pose thing and everything. And and Cliff, I think, was semi-offended that that Kyler really didn't know much about Star Wars because he admitted he was a big fan growing up.
4: Yeah, I haven't had to a, a, a direct conversation with Cliff about it, but I'm sure we could uh, relate on some levels because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan and uh, loved all the movies.
0: So, Christian, talk to us a little bit here about your season personally. I'm not talking about the Cardinals overall. I want to know, first of all, about your season personally. How you doing? How do you think it's
4: going? Uh, I think it's going good, you know. I'm just um, the main thing, uh, which I've, you know, been working for, uh, since it happened my my rookie year was just being healthy and being available. And I think that's the, the biggest, um, you know, contribution I can, um, you know, be making so far is, you know, just being available um, and being out there every Sunday uh, for my team. And uh, with that, you know, it allows everything else to, you know, add on top of that. So uh, without that, you know, I wouldn't be out there, you know, making the plays that I've uh, been able to make. And, you know, it's just especially later in the season, it's just uh you know an area i'm really just trying to hone in on and just you know make sure my body's um you know where it is to be at to you know perform my best
2: if you go back to camp if you had a dollar for every time you were asked about playing inside right versus having to play outside like you did you know last season etc and and how big a deal that is and how much more comfortable you are inside but how has that materialized has that been a big deal and have you almost exclusively been inside this year
4: yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that you you can see, um, you know, a lot of successes, you know, come from, you know, be, me being in there. And, you know, I'm just comfortable in there. It's something I've done, you know, my whole entire career. And, um, you know, coming into the NFL and being moved outside uh, definitely was an adjustment. You know, I think it is an adjustment for anyone uh, who kind of plays a, a different position than what they're normal, uh, normally used to. And, you know, for me, it was just still learning some of the nuances and, Um, You know, I had some success here and there, but um, definitely having more with playing more primarily in the slot and um, taking a couple snaps here and there at outside as well. So I think, uh, you know, Coach Kingsbury has done a great job of just kind of moving me around and, you know, putting me in different positions to succeed.
0: Christian, I know that you are a humble guy, no doubt about it. But if you don't mind, tell us where you think you've improved the most this year, because I can see it, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Where do you think you've improved the most.
4: You know, I think a lot of parts of my game have improved, um, you know, but for me, I just feel like I'm playing with the most confidence uh, that I can, you know, week in and week out and uh, just making, you know, the contested catches, you know, making those opportunities, Mm. winning versus man coverage and, you know, just coming up with, um, you know, big plays and, and, you know, high intense, high stress situations, you know, third and fourth downs. Uh, where we needed the most um you know kyler's been able to you know rely on me and i've been able to to make the opportunities for him and uh that's all i want to do is uh you know just make make his job easier and um just put our team in the best
2: position to win it's all about you christian kirk presented by santan ford and gilbert so how has life changed for you and the rest of the receivers minus d hop cliff kingsbury talks about how he sees different coverages, it impacts his play calling when DeAndre Hopkins isn't out on that field. There was a three-game stretch in November, we know about that. So, I mean, you're pretty accustomed to it at this point. How, how is it different when he's not there?
4: Uh, it's different in a lot of ways. Um, you know, just his persona and personality and just having him as, you know, a guy in the locker room and just, you know, having him around uh not not having him there and you know being able to look over there and go over and conversate and not having him in the meeting rooms and you know it it definitely changes it changes the dynamic and you know obviously the the most part we miss him is is on Sundays and so you know we're obviously you know uh wishing him a a quick recovery but uh for us you know we just have to dial in and, and make sure that you know we're doing our jobs and making sure that you know we are on point and we're, we're we're not you know missing any beats you know we we put a lot of uh you know pressure on ourselves in our room to make sure that you know we hold ourselves to the standard uh that is set you know when deandre is there in the room and and, and on the field you know because he is our leader he sets the standard so um you know we've, we've been doing good so far and you know we're just uh, trying to trying to keep it going
0: christian what is the mentality right now in the locker room you watch the tape of course of the detroit game I know that had to be an absolute disappointment to you guys through and through. Talk to me a little bit about the mood in the locker room.
4: Yeah, you know, we talked about it after the game. Um, the easy thing for us to do was uh, to feel sorry for ourselves and you know go and point fingers and uh, try to blame it on you know this or that. Or, but I think the biggest thing is us as individuals looking in the mirror and asking ourselves, what can I do better? Am I doing my job? Did I do my job the best on this play? And really being um, very self-critical of ourselves as individuals, uh, because if we all, as individuals, hone in on what we're supposed to do, our our job and, and, and doing it the best that we can be, uh, then when we come together on both sides of the ball, 11 men out there on the field, you know, we will be at our best. So, um, guys, definitely took it to heart. Uh, it sucked. It was a it was a terrible feeling, but i 'm um, confident with after the week of practice that we 've had and just the guy 's mentality uh, that we 'll be able to bounce back.
2: you know Chandler told the media today told an anecdote of where it was basically a, a player's meeting of sorts this week and went around the room and the question was, all right, how many guys have been ten and four before and And the point was to try and reinforce okay there's an opportunity here that these sort of seasons don't happen every year, and that how many guys have really been in, in a position to have a number one seed potentially still mm. and clinch a playoff spot, et cetera, uh, can you pick up on that? And 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 how did that go? And how do you think that? What sort of impact did that make?
4: It's just realizing, you know, we still have everything that we want in front of us. Uh, the season isn't over. We still have three games left and um, three really big ones, and we can decide, um, you know, our, our destiny and what we want to make this season um, and, and how we want it to go. And uh, you know, Chandler hit it on the head. You know, it's it's really rare when you come across a season like this. Now, I think about it, it took you know two seasons for me to even reach ten career wins. Uh, you know, in the NFL, uh, so it's it, it's it's hard to win in this league, and guys understand that, and that's why we can't take it for granted. Uh, no matter how we've gotten here, you know, no matter how good the first half of the season went, you know, we need to get back to that, and uh, like I said, we we just need to hone in and. Um, just to go back to the basics and remember what got us here.
0: Christian, was that basically a players-only meeting? Was that a situation where it was just you guys? Were there coaches that were in the room? Was it was it everybody? To what degree did this meeting entail?
4: Uh, it was everybody, and it, I think it is important to have everybody in there to um, just you know be able to buy into the message that's being uh, spread across. You know the building and, mm-hmm. you know the rooms the rooms that uh we are in every day and, and the, the people that we're around every day and i think that's the most important you know when you're talking about you know setting a culture and um setting a mission mm-hmm. you know for a football team is everybody has to buy
2: into that same mission so kyler murray met the media this week and uh i asked him okay if you had a laundry list of, of things you'd like to improve starting with this game against the colts on offense what would it be here's kyler
3: Say it all the time, you know, moving backwards, um, kills drives, you know, stalls them. Um, you know, I feel like when we're not doing that, we're pretty good. If we can limit the, um, you know, penalties, turnovers, stuff like that, we'll be fine. Yeah, getting behind the sticks, no doubt.
2: What else? What else would you add to that list? I mean, if, if you could make your Christmas wish list, right, and, and what the Cardinals' offense would look like or what corrections you guys would make from the last two weeks, what would it be?
4: I would say it's pretty similar. And, you know, for us, it's, it's, pretty obvious that um you know when we don't start fast and we get behind the chains uh that's when we struggle the most uh it's when we start fast uh we stay in front of the chains we're running the ball and we're just executing our plays you know that's when the the effort's never not there um and that's not the problem for us it's usually you know a lack of execution or a penalty um, and not focusing on those parts but uh, when we come out and we start fast and you know we execute, that's when we're at our best, and uh, that's that would be on my wish list for uh, what a perfect start would look like for us on on Saturday for our offense.
0: Now, Christian, I know you're a wide receiver, and I know you're a doggone good one, right? And I know you want the ball like every other wide receiver that is out there. But can you put into words for us just how important you think it is? That this offense is balanced going forward if you do think that. If you think not, go ahead and tell us but I look at it and think you need to be balanced. Am I wrong on that, Christian?
4: You're not wrong and I've played in this offense for a long time, uh, dating back to my days in, in college at Texas A&M and I've always said it that this offense doesn't work if you can't run the ball. Um, when you allow defenses to you know, pin their ears back and um, you know, send send you know their dogs up front mm-hmm. to, get to the quarterback, and um, you're just trying to get into a drop back pass and uh, you know they they have nothing else to worry about, and they're they're not worrying about their run threat. Then uh, it is hard, and um, you become inefficient. And I mean, it, it, the tape and you know the game speak for itself. I mean, when we're at our best, uh, we're running the ball, and we're running it well, and so. Um, you know that's got to be a, a, a form of emphasis which it is and um, like I said when, when we get that running game going it opens everything else up.
2: Does the offense need to change at all minus D Hop? Is that too radical? I mean does it need to evolve? You saw what Sean McBay did recently with the Rams minus Robert Woods. I'm just curious if if this offense needs to change in any way.
4: I don't think it needs to change. Um, you know what we have is enough and obviously Depending on who the opponent is, the game plan changes, but uh, this offense has everything uh, that it needs to go out there and, you know, win uh, more games than we've already won, you know, so far. And uh, but like I said, it comes down to the execution and the details of what we do and and start fast.
2: All right, and we'll come back and we'll get into what the Colts do on defense because it's far from just Jonathan Taylor on that Colts team and why they're 8-6 and six and they've won five out of six. We continue with the Big Red Rage and Christian Kirk, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Captain.
1: Tannehill on fourth down, hit and sacked. Chandler Jones Five sacks on the day for 55. And it's going to be a quarterback run up the middle. At the 10, at the 5, Murray dies to the end zone. And he's in for the touchdown. Kyler Murray makes him pay with a 12-yard run. Picked off by Buda. Baker's got it at the 35, goes down at the 31, and that's it. Buda seals it. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor with his third touchdown of the day. This one through the air.
2: His second Pro Bowl. James Connor. Kyler Murray, his second pro bowl and by the way the other two pro bowl quarterbacks in the nfc aaron Rodgers and tom brady by the way mm. chandler jones his fourth pro bowl buda baker his fourth pro bowl three is a safety one is a special teamer it is a big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert paul calvisi ron wolfley and our very special guest wide receiver christian kirk and Christian, uh, tell us, what was the reaction in the locker room when you guys saw the, the Pro Bowl uh, nominees? There's you know, there's a whole list of alternates as well, but uh, wh- what's that like in an NFL locker room when that news is finally announced and made official?
4: Well, when you got the four guys that were selected um, with the caliber of players that they are, uh, there's really no surprise. I mean, just with the, the uh, level that they play at uh, week in and week at, week in and week out is is just you know beyond impressive and you know they deserve um that nomination um you know wholeheartedly and it's just for us you know guys that are in the locker room that get to experience them and see how they work um, on a day-to-day basis uh you just can't help yourself but to feel um nothing but you know very proud for them and and happy for them uh because they deserve it and along with all the alternates as well and um you know hopefully uh, we will be playing, um, you know, in the Super Bowl. So they won't be playing, you know, in the Pro Bowl. But, you know, if not, uh, you know, it would be exciting to go out there and, and, and watch them, you know, play with the best
0: that that would be awesome there's no doubt about it the pro bowl is really a big honor of course and i think there's one in your future one or two maybe maybe even more than that in your future as well you just got to get that opportunity to go out there and perform how much does it mean to you is it something is it a goal of yours oh 100%
4: um you know i i definitely uh you know have that goal you know set for me and you know i I work my to, to accomplish those goals and you know I, I know uh, I mean I got to be patient and you know when, when the time comes the time comes um, but you know for now I get to uh, you know sit back and watch to, to see what it takes um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to get your name nominated um, you know and, and to have a, a season you know that that, that takes it um, to be able to, to, to get to that point.
2: Christian Kirk is our guest on the Big Red Rage. The team with the most pro bowlers the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, with seven. Here's Kyler Murray when asked for a quick scouting report on your opponent Saturday night.
3: It's a great team. I mean, there's no sugarcoating. I mean, they're they're a great team. Um, you know, a lot of talent over there, defense, offense. Uh, and we're gonna have to be ready for. It. You know, this is uh, it's December football. It's playoff playoff like atmosphere on Christmas. They're gonna be ready. You know, we, we we gotta we gotta come to play. Yeah, and It's not
2: just Jonathan Taylor. I, they have a pro cool. bowler on all three levels of the defense and D-tackle DeForest Buckner, their Special standout teams. linebacker. Yeah, Darius Leonard, yes, absolutely. Well, what, two of the last five games they have a punt return for touchdown and then Kenny Moore. Now, Kenny Moore is someone, he's their nickel corner, slot corner, correct? Yeah. Christian, that could be a direct matchup for you, I'm guessing.
4: Yeah, no, Kenny's a great player. Um, I worked out with him a couple off seasons ago and got to know him a little bit and Um, been following him ever since and you know his story is incredible and you know he plays at a high level so uh you know anytime you get to go against you know a higher caliber player like that um you know it's always fun so definitely looking forward to you know all the talent uh that they have on their team and and facing them on saturday night
0: yeah you know saturday night happens to be christmas day (laughs) have you ever played on christmas before what has been your encounter in your life your football life with christmas
4: uh, I've never played on Christmas before uh, in college. You know, we would travel usually on Christmas uh, for our bowl game, uh, wherever the bowl game was. I, we we'd usually travel and practice, you know, on Christmas Day. Uh, so I've I've had to you know football or practice football uh, or I've had to travel for, but I uh, never had a game. So uh, definitely exciting, you know. It's it's another you know primetime atmosphere, and you know, like Kyler mentioned, it's December. It's it's playoff uh like atmosphere and implications so you know it'll it'll be a big stage and you know we're excited for it
2: and look at halftime of the detroit game you know cliff kingsbury told us walking off the field you know we came out flat and okay and then kyler after the game there wasn't enough juice i I don't think that's going to be a problem on national tv on christmas night when you know the entire country is watching is that a safe assumption christian
4: 100 percent you know i think if you're not able to get up for for a game like this uh you know there's something wrong uh you you definitely um you know play at this level for opportunities like this and you know you got to take advantage of them um you know i said it we were playing on monday night you know when when the lights are bright and all eyes are on you uh you know there's a lot of opportunity there to um to you know show a lot of people what you're made of and And what kind of football team you are so you know we got to take advantage of that
0: so i know that you've watched an awful lot of tape on the indianapolis colts and their defense so tell us a little bit what you think give us a little scouting report on the colts christian
4: they're talented they're talented and uh they're very opportunistic um you know they lead the league in, in turnovers and forced fumbles and uh they do a great job of getting the ball out you know so our ball security you know has to be um, nothing short of perfect, uh, because they they will um, you know look for those opportunities and they'll capitalize off of it, uh, and, and we can't afford that. And so you know we're going to have to do a good job of you know taking what the defense gets us, um, you know be be efficient and be smart, um, you know when we have the ball in our, in our hands and you know just make the opportunities uh, you know when they come our way.
2: You know, Darius Leonard told the media this week that if he played in Dallas and he played in more primetime games. He would be the defensive player of the year, hands down. That's that's what he told me. Because I think he was getting tired of hearing the Micah Parsons talk all the time, the rookie in Dallas. But you know, Darius Leonard, uh, fifty-three. I mean, especially being in the slot, and he's that will linebacker. Uh, how often do you keep an eye out for him during this game?
4: Oh, you know, especially in the run game, uh, which we are very involved in as receivers. Uh, we'll definitely have to, you know, keep an eye out for him and. Like I said, um, you know, he's the leader of, of, you know, being able to create those turnovers. Uh, you know, I think he has a couple of interceptions and a, a ton of forced fumbles. So whenever, uh, you know, we have the ball in traffic, you know, we'll definitely be looking you know, out for him and, and make sure, you know, we have great ball security. But uh, he's a great player. And uh, I think the tape and, you know, all of his statistics show that. And so, uh, yeah, we'll have
0: to be ready for them. So, Christian, go ahead and flip it over and look at the offensive side of the ball. I know you're not sitting around watching reels of tape on the Indianapolis Colts and how they run the ball, but I know you're aware of Jonathan Taylor, of course, and the fact that the Colts have a very, very good offensive line. Talk to us about what you know of the Colts' offense. Well, you
4: know, like like you said, it starts up front for them. Um, They have arguably... Uh, one of the best offensive lines in, in football right now, and with arguably the best running back in Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they still got guys on the outside that can make plays, and, um, and Michael Pittman and, you know, uh, T.Y. Hill. And, and so, uh, you know, we, they have a lot of firepower over there. And, you know, Carson Wentz does a great job. And, and so, you know, I, their their goal is to hold on to the ball and, you know, be efficient with the run game and, um, you know, just kind of take what the defense gets, gives you. and. Um, then try to hit you over the top, you know, with, with, with some, you know, deep balls and trying to push the ball down the field. So, um, you know, I, I like the way our defense has been preparing uh, this week. And, you know, they know they have a, a big challenge at hand. And, um, but I'm excited to, to, to go out there and, and, and watch them battle.
2: You've you've had your finger on the pulse of this team. You told us after the Tennessee win in Nashville, you said, "You know what? We're not letting stuff slide this year." You know, you're talking about the locker room and the leadership within, right? And guys holding each other accountable. I know after the Monday night loss, you said, "Hey, we're going to be harsh on our on ourselves." And you know, how the media spin in this one, right? It, it, the surging Colts against the sliding Cardinals. I mean, where is the confidence level right now in the Cardinals locker room? You think?
4: Well, we're confident. I mean. We're the same team uh, a couple weeks ago that were, you know, had one loss under our belt and, you know, still uh, we're ranked number one and, you know, top of our division. And um, we're still in, in, in the number one, you know, seed talks. And, uh, yes, we've had some disappointing losses, um, but that doesn't you know, mean that we've changed. The dynamic hasn't changed. The mindset hasn't changed. And neither has the mentality, um, you know, I, I, I think – Uh, You know, we just need to do a better job of, you know, executing and take advantage of our opportunities on Sunday. And so uh, the the confidence level has not changed whatsoever. Um, You know, we know how good we can be when we do play our best. And we just got to get back to that. And I think it starts with, um, you know, starting fast on Saturday.
0: Christian, do you feel the onus is on you guys, the offense in particular, to set the tone for this game and score points? Yeah, that that honestly, I think would probably help the defense. As a matter of fact, knowing that if you could make the Colts one-dimensional, try to get them to play catch-up in the second half, that that's not playing into their strength. Do you feel any responsibility, in particular, for the offense to play and score points and light it up and try to make the Colts
4: one-dimensional? I mean, you know, I think we feel that pressure, um, you know, week in and week out. As an offense, we hold ourselves to such high standards. Um, you know, for us, any time we leave the field without points, um, you know, that's that's a missed opportunity. And to us, you know, that's that's you know not okay, and that's not our standard. Uh, I think in Houston, I think in versus Houston, you know, we still scored 31 points, and, and I pointed out the fact that we play terrible on offense, and you know, that's just our standard, that's our mindset. And so, um, yes, at the beginning of the game, starting fast and putting points on the board. Uh, it's great, but we expect that, you know, week in and week out. Um, but I think it, it, it's on, you know, whichever side of the ball uh, goes out there on Sunday 1st, um, you know, has to start the tone, has to set the tone. And, you know, that's just with our mindset, mm-hmm. and, you know, how we approach Saturday.
2: Are, are you going to have to run some no-huddle shopping tomorrow? Are you going to have to go up-tempo? How you doing with your shopping for Christmas Day no, no. there, Christian?
4: Oh, oh, I'm, I'm ahead of it this year. I'm usually a last-minute kind of guy, but I got ahead of it, so I'm, I'm sitting comfortable and no stress going into uh, Christmas
0: Day. No, I'm going out tomorrow. You better believe it.
4: all <laughs>
1: yeah, well, trouble.
4: Well, if I finish today, no, Christian's I, ahead of the game. I finish I don't today.
2: I want
0: to about it, Paul.
2: Yeah, you're living vicariously through Christian right now with the shopping. <laughs> That's good. That's well <laughs> done. Okay, you, thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate all right, there you, you go. Cardinals' outstanding receiver Christian Kirk joining us here on the Big Red Rage. Wolf, sounds like you better talk to Stop Christian it. after the show to get some ideas. Sounds like you're struggling over there. Big time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. How can the Cardinals have more success than Wolf's holiday shopping? We'll talk about that next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Four in Gilbert.
1: Second and eight
2: Colts at their 33. Taylor's got it. Nice. Oh. Oh,
1: he could go all the way. Line 40 he's to the 30 they're trying to chase him down to the 10 5 touchdown colts touchdown colts 67 yards with two to go two minutes one second left that might have done it
2: the fastest run the fastest miles per hour of any ball carrier in any game this year, better than 22 miles per hour. That was the 67-yard dagger against the Patriots. Wolf, we were watching that in Motown last Saturday night for Cardinals-Lions. And and you know better than anyone, your former coach, Bill Belichick, he goes into any game saying, we're going to take away what you do best. Yep. And oh boy, Jonathan Taylor, yet another big game, and it's real simple. We could spend the next hour talking about stats on your NFL's leading rusher, and he's 400 yards plus more than any other rusher this year, but the Indianapolis Colts, when he rushes for 100 or more, are 8-0, and when he rushes for less than 100, they're 0-6.
0: What's your point,
2: Paul? Stop I mean... the run. <laughs> Stop Jonathan Taylor. It's just if it Can takes, you
0: oversimplify this I mean, thing, Paul? Can you do that?
2: Once again, it's it's the guy, it's the Colts fan who wears that hat, run the damn ball. Yeah. Cardinals <laughs> fans need to show up to State Farm Stadium on Christmas night with hats that just say stop the run. It's that simple.
0: Paulie, honestly, right now, I, I, I've I been thinking about this game and thinking about it and thinking about it. And all I can think of is the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the game. I honestly believe the team that executes the fundamentals better is going to win this game. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. When I say fundamentals, I'm talking about blocking and tackling this is going to be the most physical game i believe the arizona cardinals will play this regular season this Uh. is going to be the most physical game i expect the arizona cardinals to come out and compete on the line of scrimmage just like they did against the tennessee titans just like they did paul against the cleveland browns i expect them to come out and compete on the line of scrimmage Vance Joseph is going to have his boys ready to compete on the line of scrimmage, and if they don't,
2: abandon all hope. So how much confidence do you take in the fact that they shut down Derrick Henry, that at halftime against the Vikings, they then shut down Dalvin Cook after they committed to stopping the run in the Cleveland game? And and look, the Niners, who have pretty much run on anyone and everyone, they did not as the Cardinals swept them. So. You know, and Vance Joseph will look you in the eye and say, when we've committed to stopping the run, we have done so for the most part. Uh, So, what sort of confidence does that give you against a guy who might be your NFL MVP this year?
0: Yeah, no, it gives me a lot of confidence. It does, Paulie, because they have done it before. Um, You know, but once again, until you go out and actually prove that you can shut somebody down. You know, it's it's the hanging Chad, Paul. They've got to yeah. go out and they got to prove that they can do that. Well, I, I just – go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and, and to your point about the blocking and tackling, let's talk about tackling because he also leads the NFL in yards after contact. He has an incomprehensible 1,147 yards rushing after contact.
0: Yeah. Blocking so and tackling, Paul.
2: He has 42 runs of 10-plus yards. I mean, he is so far ahead of every other running back – in the NFL. Now, they might be down. Two starters on the offensive line. We'll see. Quentin Nelson did return to practice, but they're gonna be missing their starting center and their starting right guard for the most part. Yes. And then and then Wolf, we'll, let's flip it real quick. I mean
0: That's a big you, deal, Pauly. First yeah. of all, it really is. Because once again, this game is gonna be about the offensive line on both sides of the ball. It's so, gonna be about the line of scrimmage.
2: Rodney Hudson. Yes. Can, you, can you can you overstate how important that might be, especially when you've got a Colts defense that has been putting to Forrest Buckner, the Pro Bowler, over the – and the nose tackle position quite a bit this year. And so, I mean, just if you had Rodney Hudson back, man, that would go a long way towards trying to establish a run game with Chase and James Conner.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Rodney Hudson, once again, I think he got kind of hosed because of the conference change in terms of the Pro Bowl. All mm-hmm. of a sudden now he's in the NFC where he's built this matchup. Massive reputation in the AFC with the Raiders, of course. So, um, Rodney Hudson, we all know, is a Pro Bowl cent- uh, caliber center. Um, there's no doubt, Paulie, this game is going to come down to the line of scrimmage. It's going to be on both sides of the ball, blocking and tackling, indeed. I cannot help it, Paul. For me, it's okay. The team that runs the ball better wins this game. Now, that that immediately seems to favor the Indianapolis Colts, but again, I have hope, and the reason why I have hope is because of what you said earlier, because the defense has risen up in certain occasions and done a great job at shutting down the likes of a Derrick Henry, shutting down Kareem Hunt in the Cleveland Browns, shutting down Delvin Cook in that second half. There's no doubt. And then you flip it over to your point about Rodney Hudson this is all about the line of scrimmage. You got all this talent that is going to be out there on the field and yet it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage and who controls the line of scrimmage, Paul. This is this is going to be an old world football game like we haven't seen in a while. Because
2: the last time the Cardinals were in primetime on Monday night, and what happened? Kyler was running for his life. Aaron Donald had 14 quarterback pressures. He had three sacks. We know Kyler in his last two primetime appearances, zero touchdown passes, four interceptions combined in those two you're talking about a colts uh, team that is number one in turnover ratio you, you heard christian kirk talk about how they're number one in takeaways that defense right this team is number one in points off turnovers i think they have the second fewest penalties what i'm saying is they're playing winning oh. football right now after a one and four start they won five out of six yes. it's just a winning brand of football right now
0: and everything you just said right there paulie and we were talking about this earlier seven pro bowlers <laughs> seven that was the most in the National Football League. Seven. Uh, eight and six. You got an eight and six football team that has seven pro bowlers in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in transition. Their deep snapper is a pro I mean
2: Paul. Okay, so let me ask you this. Wow. Is the quarterback, Carson Wentz, an asset or a liability?
0: I think in that offense he's an
2: asset. Because when he's had to throw thirty five or more passes. I, yeah. They're winless this year.
0: Yeah, you know what? Get good, Paul. He shut down the run and make them one-dimensional. And what does that mean? What does that entail? Is that nine in the box? Could that possibly? Yes, it could possibly mean nine in the box.
2: Refresh my memory. Against Derrick Henry, didn't Zayvon Collins play in a three inside linebacker set? A good number of snaps in that game. Didn't yes. they go with, with sort of a four-three almost the entirety of that game against Derrick Henry? Yes, so I'm wondering, Zayman Collins hasn't seen the field on defense the last two games. Is there a role for him in this game?
0: There's a possibility, Paulie. I, I think we could see a 4 4. We've seen it before from Vance Joseph. Four down linemen, four linebackers. A 4
2: 4. Well, again, uh, if the Cardinals win, they are in. clinch their first playoff spot since 2015, and that is a nice gift to unwrap on Christmas night. Special thanks, Jeff Darge, Jim Almohandro, Ferran Wolfley, and Christian Kirk on Paul Calvisi. Merry Christmas, everyone, from the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.